What's up, everybody? In today's episode, we will be going over the buy lows and sell highs from two weeks ago to see what they've been up to. And I'm going to hit you with eight more beauties, all right? Eight more players and give you my thoughts on their value, buy low and sell high. It's what we do here at the Cream Exchange. Do you need some cream? We've got you covered. All right, let's get to biz. This is Apples and Genos. You are listening to Cream of the Crop. Blake Creamer. Please follow me over on X slash Twitter at Blake Creamer AG. Also get your buns, your biscuits, your bagels, your, your cinnamon rolls. Where am I going with this? I don't know. I'm hungry now. Get them over into the Apples and Genos Discord. There's a link in the description. You got to check that out. All right. We got like-minded fantasy managers in there getting to biz on the regular. Also, Apples and Genos has a YouTube channel. Please head on over there. We are uh, up over 600 followers there, subscribers. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Uh, but yeah, we, we are trying to up our, our uh, you know, presence there on YouTube. So please head on over there. Give us a subscribe. Really appreciate that. Um, yeah, and actually on the Discord as well, we are almost at 1,000 followers. Eww, it feels good. So you know, like I said, the, uh, if you are the 1,000th follower and you're listening to the pod, all you have to do is screenshot that. Send it to me and you're getting an Apples and Genos oven mitt. All right, book it. This is a one-of-a-kind item, so you want to get your, uh, you know, you got to get that in there, all right? And, and in fact, if you are in the Discord, you might want to unfollow and then follow again. That's how valuable these things are, all right? But I digress, as I do, all right? We got to get to business. I don't want to waste any time. We're going to get into this cream exchange, the Apples and Genos buy low and sell high segment. Join me, won't you? Right, let's get into it here. We are going to start with the sell high review. These are the four players that were sell highs in last uh, the last cream exchange episode. We're going to start with Casey Middlestat, Nate Groot Nibbling's favorite player. Um, yeah, he he just loves Casey Middlestat. What can I say? I mean, I love him too, to be honest. So you know, there's a lot of love in this pod. Anywho, um, we got to look at what uh, Casey Middlestat did. So since the last show, Middlestat has two points in seven games, and they're both goals. So yeah, I think the uh, sell-high window is probably shut. People are not really uh, going to be looking to acquire Casey Middlestat, I don't think, at this point. And as much as it pains me to say this, Nate is definitely on point with his analysis of Casey Middlestat. And that's why he was a sell-high on the last show there. Um, prior to this cold stretch, though, in the last seven games, Middlestat had eight points in the previous seven, which is why he was on the sell-high show, right? But th- this is just classic stuff. Um, Middlestat's metrics, they're truly shocking. Um, they're straight shocking. We got to look at what this man's done. So last five games for Casey Middlestat, one goal in five games. He's still getting a boatload of ice time, 22, uh, just under 22 minutes. But I mean, putrid stuff here. Shots and goal per 60 rank on the season, to, or, sorry, on the last five games, 252nd. Individual Corsi 4 per 60, 265th. And then individual scoring chances 4 per 60, 325th. Buddy, 
what are you what are you doing? Are you he's shooting at the wrong net? I think I, I don't know. He's just hanging out by the goalie. That's what I used to do. I used to play soccer as a kid. I was a little bit hefty. I was a little bit little bit on the chunky side, chonky. And uh, yeah, we had a really good team. And I was on defense, and I used to just kind of hang out by our goalie because there was no action down there. And him and I would just gab. All right, we talk about Dungeons and Dragons. That's how we did. All right, it felt good. Anyways, I'm digressing there. But yeah, that's what Casey Middlestad sort of done on the season. And and his his season numbers of those metrics are even worse, right? So that that's why Nate's not high in him. And I totally get it. And I the only reason I like this player is because of the deployment that he gets. I mean, but that's not rock solid either. The only thing, it, it's the only thing really holding up his value at this point, right? Um... And it's great deployment, right? Like I said, just under 22 minutes in the last five games. Right now, he's the top-line center. He's on power play one as well. And so as long as he's there, he's definitely rosterable, right? Especially for this week. Uh, Buffalo has that great schedule. But, I mean, the hot streak he had prior to this was always going to regress. And unless he starts shooting a bit more, his output is always going to be tied to uh, the performance of his teammates, basically, right? This guy's he's still only 27% rostered, and he should be on a team, in my opinion, but any value we might have had in a potential trade with Middlestat, it's been sapped, all right? It's bone dry um, with this latest stretch. So just remember, too, that the point of this show is to try and identify players who are valued too high or too low and see if we can't capitalize on some trades and make our teams better. That's the point, okay? So um, all this said... I did choose Casey Middlestad as my streamer this week versus Nate, the head-to-head deathmatch. So I need a big week from this absolute unit. Bless you, Casey. Let's get the biz, damn it. All right, you're going to have to start shooting on the correct net. All right, let's 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 start there. But that's it for Casey Middlestad. Sell high window, slam shut. Let's move on. We got to talk about Javi. Seth Jarvis. In the last seven games since the last show, he has two points as well, a goal and an assist. And again, so this this sell high window definitely shut, right? Um, He did put up some points tonight. So uh, I should say all these numbers here, uh, they're not exactly like there was games tonight that I haven't really been able to put into the the sheet here. So I may or may not have that information, but I did watch the game. So I know it went on. Anywho, Seth Jarvis did get, uh, get some points there in the game tonight, but... Um, prior to this last seven games, he had seven points in four games, right? So we knew this was going to fall off. Shooting percentage and on-ice shooting percentage fell off a cliff, though, in the last five. Um, Carolina, as a team, they've lost four straight. Uh, they were able to get off the schneid tonight. Uh, Coach Chetkov had a nice little game there. Uh, got into it with Brady Kachuk. That was uh, interesting to watch, but... Um, you know, before that, something was clearly off with Carolina. It, in the last two weeks... Carolina as a team, they were second overall uh, in Corsi 4 per 60, which is what they usually do, right, at 5-on-5, and they were first in Corsi against per 60. They were in the bottom quarter of the league in shooting percentage, right? So that show ain't no good as we know, all right? Jarvis himself has slid back down from a 70-point pace to a more reasonable, uh, you know, 60-point pace, and I think this is where he lives the rest of the season, right? He's shown to be a streaky player as well. His, you know, his points have been coming in bunches. His deployment is still strong, so that's nice. I mean, but much like Middlestat, that's kind of where Jarvis is at as well. So there's still value here, and he needs to be rostered, but he was running hot, and that's come back down to earth. So hopefully you were able to move this man at his high point. He's he's not close to a drop by any means. I'm not saying you got to drop him or get off him, right? Uh, he does have value, right? Um, he hits as well. His line's been throwing a lot of pucks at the net, right? Uh, but we need to manage our expectations with this player. Book it, Seth Jarvis. Thank you for your service. Let's move on. We got to talk about the coiler. Charlie Coyle. <laughs> Poop. 
hope again. Since the last time we talked about Charlie Coyle, uh, he's got two points in five games, a goal and an assist. Basically the easiest sell high ever, right? The Coiler. Love it. Uh, that nickname's going to stick. I'm just going to keep saying it. Um, but yeah, we knew this wasn't going to be the way it is, right? But he, this man had value, so we always have to look at that, right? Before going for two points in five games, he was on a heater with seven points in six games. Um, so there is some interesting things going on with Charlie Coyle, right? Um, you know, stuff in Boston there. Pavel Zaka slated to miss uh, at least a game, maybe more. Morgan Geeky. Your bra bomb better work, nerdlinger. Okay. Has moved up to the top line, but uh, Coyle has also played over 20 minutes in the last two games, so he's getting a little bit more opportunity there. Um, if he is going to get that kind of deployment, I could understand having him on your team. But line two, power play two, is where this man's going to live this season. His shooting percentage is still ridiculous on the season. Like, if we look at the last five games for Charlie Coyle, damn. All right. Uh, goal and assist in the last five, as I said, over 19 minutes. Um, looking at his metrics, though, shots of goal per 60, 317th. Uh, individual Corsi for 278th, and then individual scoring chances for 168th. IPP 50%, and shooting percentage is 14.3. So, the, you know, the, all things that are going to regress, right? His on-ice shooting percentage is not great either. So, you know, his shooting percentage on the season as well. Like, this guy is... Right now, he's shooting 20.4% on the season. No, my man, I'm sorry. That's not going to continue. So, again, like I said, easiest sell high ever. It's just not sustainable. But betting against Boston has definitely been a mistake these past two seasons. So, I don't know. Um, Charlie Coyle is a streamer who had some pumped-up value, and that's now over. So, I think he can be an easy drop if needed. There you go. Let's talk about the last uh, sell high review before we move on here. It's Shane Gostisbehere. Um, he had seven games since the last time we talked about him and was able to put together three points there. So, you know, he fell off as expected and his metrics were actually awful over the last five games. If we look at what Shane Gossesbear was able to do. So, um, you know, three assists and five, as I said, but again, the deployment is always an issue with Gossesbear, uh, just over 18 minutes average time on ice in the last five. 60th in shots on goal per 60 uh, amongst defensemen, 108th, uh, which is truly awful in individual course, he four per 60, and then 167th in individual scoring chances, four per 60. Terrible numbers. The on-ice numbers are a little bit better. Uh, he's 17th overall in course, he four per 60, and 20th overall in scoring chances, four per 60. The main issue that I have with Goss's Bear, besides some of these, you know, truly terrible metrics, is the deployment that he's getting. I mean, it's all over the shop. Like, is there a man who has a more volatile time on ice from game to game in the season this year? I don't know. Like, you know, look at some of these numbers. So, uh, you know, November 30th, he played against Chicago, 20 minutes, 24 seconds. Then the next game, 17-19, 18-53, 20-04 the next game. Then back down to 16-39, 20-29 the game after that. And then tonight, uh, he played 15 minutes and 19 seconds in a win. I mean, damn, that's not going to cut it. Right? That's, that's, that show ain't no good. So this is a player whose value is tied heavily to the power play. And Detroit does have a good one. Um, 11 of his 21 points on the season are power play points. But to me, when Ghost starts popping off again, or if he has a good stretch, I'd be looking to trade him or package him for a more consistent fantasy contributor, someone who's getting the deployment, right? Um, he's currently on a 66-point pace, uh, but I don't see that holding season long. I expect kind of a 45 to 50 point D-man with, you know, 20 power play points, probably something reasonable there. A Tony D'Angelo, that's kind of, you know, what this guy is looking like to me. It's not a player I'm too excited about until he starts getting some predictable deployment, which may not happen this 
season. That's my two cents there. So Shane Goss Bear, thank you for your service. Now get the hell out of my sight. All right, this, this is not what we're doing here. Let's move on. We got to talk about the buy low review now. The players we were looking at, the first one was Big Svech, Andrei Svechnikov. And this guy's, you know, kind of, he's out on a technicality here, but... Uh, before he was like, he's injured right now. He's out indefinitely. He took a cross check to the back in an unpadded area and reports are that he's going to be out for a little while. So that stinks. It's been a frustrating season for Svechnikov. So that's, that's really tough, but he did have two assists in the last four games before that. Uh, and the metrics were trending upwards, but there's, there's no point in kind of going to that. It's such a small sample size. His on-ice numbers in particular, though, during that time, pretty darn nice. I mean, he was, you know, for what it's worth, he was first overall in Corsi 4 per 60 and second overall in scoring chances 4 per 60, uh, the on-ice numbers, right? But wasn't able to, to pot anything, zero points there. So we're going to have to wait. We're going to have to wait and see what happens with Sveshnikov. Whenever he returns, I still believe he's a massive buy low. His shooting percentage on the season is 2.4%. No. Okay, that's not going to stick, but... You know, we're going to have to see how long he's going to be out, what the actual injury is, but it's rough stuff for Svetch owners. Sorry for your loss. That's, you know, I, I'm a big fan of the player, especially in category leagues. This guy was majorly undervalued in draft season, but coming back off a big injury like that, he just hasn't been right since. So that that sucks, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, next up, we got to talk about Jordan Cairo. Um, some interesting developments there. Cairo in the game tonight did make it back on the top line there, um, which was pretty nice. Uh, he was playing with Rob Thomas and Jake Neighbors, so that's good. Buchnevich was moved down to the second line. So there's, you know, in the last games there, this is the by review. So he's played seven games since the show. He's able to, he's been able to pot uh, four points there. So one goal and three assists. So definitely some signs of life from this guy, but it's not what managers are hoping for still. So uh, Jake Neighbors, that shiny toy. He's still rocking line one, power play one, uh, where Kairou was originally relegated to the second unit. Um, the good news is, like I said, he's he's getting that deployment now. Kairou back on the top line at least. His ice time has been trending upwards a little bit, which is really nice. Tonight was a bit of a down game. Uh, he played 16-19 against Detroit here on the 12th. But before that, he played 17-26. Then the game before that against Columbus, 20 minutes, 36. So the, there's he's getting some reasonable deployment there. Still on power play two. Damn, that sucks, right? Um, I just, I, I can't see... Kairu being off the top power play all season. Um, but right now it is what it is. Um, one thing that's interesting, and this is, you know, just breaking news, but uh, Craig Bruby was fired, right? And they brought in a new coach there. So, And it's a coach I don't know too much about, so I'm going to have to look into that, and I'll, I'll talk to you guys about that later. But, um, you know, th this could equal good things for Kairu, right? Because the, the deployment's been terrible. Um, I'm interested to see what happens here. But, you know, he could really minimize Kairou as well, even more than he is right now. So it's a, it's a bit risky. It's risky bisky. So we got to keep an eye on that. But honestly, I, I can't see the money they've invested into this man. Keeping him down on, you know, the second line, second power play, it just doesn't make a bit of sense. So I still like him as a buy low. I'd be putting offers out there for him. I'd be holding him. I would not drop Jordan Kairou. Please don't drop, drop Jordan Kairou. Not until a few games in with this new coach, all right? I think he could be gotten for cheap. So, I don't know, if you're looking to acquire Kairou in a trade, think about players like Granlund or even Jake Neighbors, right? Hello, neighbor. Um, yeah, put out some, put out some feelers for uh, Jordan Kairou. I think you can get him real cheap. And if he's on the wire, I think he should be added. Honestly, my two cents. Let's move on. We got to talk about the Kachuk brothers, Brady and Matthew. Both of them were on the buy low show. Um, 
So let's let's look at what Kachuk's, uh, Brady Kachuk's been able to do here. So um, in the five games since the last show, he's had four points, three goals, and one assist. He's doing stuff out there, so that's nice. Um, I really like Brady Kachuk in all formats, right? Uh, obviously, the buy low that we're talking to about was in reference to points leagues only, right? Obviously, you're not buying low on Brady Kachuk in a category league because of all the value he brings with the crazy amount of shots, the crazy amount of hits, uh, the good power play performance, all that stuff. So we're talking about points leagues and Brady Kachuk here, okay? So that said, I think he has so much left in the tank. Seriously, I think he's capable of so much more. Brady Kachuk has never been an efficient player, so let's not kid ourselves there, but he has been converting at a higher clip this season, and that does seem sustainable to me um, with Brady Kachuk. So let's let's take a look here. Um, last five games, I mean, look at these numbers. Damn. Shots of goal per 60, fifth overall in the entire league. Individual Corsi 4, eighth overall, uh, seventh overall in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60. And then the the uh, on-ice numbers are great too. 23rd overall in Corsi 4 per 60 and 62nd in scoring chances, 4 per 60. It's beautiful stuff. But then you look at the luck metrics, IPP and shooting percentage, they're, they're garbage, right? 40% IPP? No. All right, this is a player that's you know should be in the mid-60s in terms of IPP, maybe higher. And then shooting percentage, 8.7, that's okay. That's, that's low for him, but you know, He's not an efficient player, as we said. On-ice shooting percentage is low as well at 7.1%. And then if on the season, Brady Kachuk, he's second overall in the entire league in shots and goal per 60. I love that. He's fifth overall in individual scoring chances for per 60. So that's really where I, I, I trust this player, right? Like, there's so many things that uh, I think can can rebound, right? First off, his ice time is at a career high. That's excellent. So he's getting more minutes than he ever got before. His shots and goal per 60, as I said, uh, he's killing it there. They're a career high at just over 12. Shots and goal per 60, that's elite. His on-ice shooting percentage is a career low, right? So, you know, long story short, he's shooting more, he's on the ice more, but he's converting less for whatever reason, right? Um, I don't know how DJ Smith still has a job there in Ottawa. They got to do something like they're pissed off. I mean, Brady Kachuk took a 10-minute misconduct today, just, you know, beaking at uh, Piotr Kochetkov. Uh, just not a good look there uh, for your captain to be doing that. So, I mean, it's, it's trouble in paradise there in Ottawa. I could see a coaching change coming there soon, but... Um, yeah, Ottawa's a team. I think they're gonna have they're gonna have a big week. That it wasn't a good showing today. Um, I think though, Brady Kachuk will have, still have three games to do well here. We can take him off this buy low list. I fully expect point per game Brady by the end of the season with the chance at more. So go get yourself the woodchuck and do it now. All right. I actually got a trade in the works. Uh, Brady Kachuk for Rupe Hints. Um, one for one. It's a points league with really minimal banger waiting. So you know Brady doesn't really pop off there. So it's kind of just points. But I I like I like Kachuk for point per game. I think that's absolutely reasonable. And I think some of the the shooting that he's been doing is is absolutely reasonable. I think the on ice shooting percentage is gonna go up. All right. But he needs some help from his teammates. Come on, boys. All right. Let's talk about Matthew Kachuk as well. What the actual hell is this man doing? I mean, this is this has been rough. Um, for those of you that drafted Matt Kachuk, like 5th, 6th, 7th, um, we're hurting right now. We're in pain, all right? That's it, There's no two ways about it. Like, we're still talking about this guy, right? It's It's been a rough go here. You know, without looking at the underlying metrics for Matt Kachuk, I mean, one could think this is a Jonathan Huberto situation, right? I mean, he had two straight seasons with over 100 points, and now he's pacing for 61. 
God, 59 now after today's game. Like, uh, the, the Panthers got shut out 4 nothing today from the lowly Seattle Kraken. Damn. Um, you know, the fourth liners outplayed Matt Kachuk uh, in this game here. Just, just terrible. So, I mean, if you look at what Matt Kachuk's been able to do last five games, two goals, one of them was an empty netter. Uh, just brutal stuff. 144th in shots of goal per 60, 94th in individual Corsi 4 per 60, and 126th in individual scoring chances 4 per 60. That's actually a little bit concerning, right? His numbers on the season, much, much better, right? If we look at the, the season here for Makachuk, uh, on the year, 17th overall in shots and goal per 60, 24th in individual Corsi 4 per 60, and 24th overall in individual scoring chances 4 per 60. So those numbers read a lot better. That's closer to the player that Matt Kachuk is, but, I mean, he's he's looking terrible out there. He's, he's like a ghost. Um, this all said, I, I'm still not concerned that this is the player that Matt Kachuk is now. But honestly, it's beyond frustrating that uh, you know, some of the only goals this guy can pot are an empty netter from his own blue line, right? But we have to exercise patience here. He is doing all the right things. Uh, Production is going to come. He's too good not to. Um, I did reach out to a Florida Panthers beat writer, um, just just kind of asking about Matt Kachuk and what he sees there. And, and he kind of echoed our sentiments without the without the underlying statistics, but he's doing all the right things. He's getting a bunch of chances. He's just getting extremely unlucky, right? And I pressed him a little further just to see if, yeah, is this injury related? Like, is he having problems with his his sternum injury from last year? And, uh, you know, he didn't think so, but there might be a confidence issue as well. Like, he's had so many chances, he hadn't been able, hasn't been able to bury anything. So that, that definitely adds up, right? But the point is, he's doing all the right things. The production's going to come. Um, I'd still be putting all kinds of offers out there for Matt Kachuk. And think about players like Rupe Hintz, like I talked about, or even Jason Robertson, for that matter, who's also a bit of a buy low to me, but you know some of the underlying metrics for Jason Robertson don't really get me all excited. I'd rather have Matt Kachuk than Jason Robertson for sure this season. What about Sam Reinhardt for Matt Kachuk? Straight up. It's called Sex Panther. Would someone do that? I mean... They- at the very least, they'd have to think about it, right? And that's kind of what you want to do with these trades. You want to you want to make them have to consider your offer, right? It's just a huge waste of time lowballing people in trades, and it pisses them off and makes them not want to deal with you, right? So you're going to have to give up something significant to acquire Matt Kachuk, but I'm telling you, it's going to be worth it at the end of the season. Book it! Come on, Matt Kachuk, let's go! Um, but yeah, this, this man needs a reset of some sort, (laughs) like, uh, just, just a few pucks to go in, just some puck luck. So we'll see. Anyways, that's it for the review part of our show. Let's get into the new characters here. All right. And we're going to talk sell highs first. And the first one I'm going to talk about is San Jose's own Mikhail Granlund. Damn. What? What can we say about this legend? I mean, geez, he got another point tonight and another assist. So, you know, in the last, let's look at the last five games here, uh, Mikhail Granlin. Um, he's got nine points in five games, one goal, eight assists, insane deployment. Well, you know, 22 and a half minutes, basically. Shots and goal per 60, not terrible. 100th in the league, 53rd overall in individual Corsi 4, and 75th in individual scoring chances for. That's wild stuff, right? Um, you know, if you look at IPP, 75%. No, that's not something that uh, Mikhail Granlin should be able to sustain. On ice shooting percentage is through the roof as well, 16.7%, which is crazy uh, for a guy that plays on San Jose. Um, his shooting percentage actually is pretty damn low, 5.9%, uh, obviously only the one goal. So, I mean, 
you know, I guess you could argue that Mikhail Granlin could get a few more goals and a lot less assists. That might be something that could happen. But I mean, what do you say about this man? It's, it's like, I love the deployment. He's getting amazing minutes. I love the production, but I don't trust this in any way. There's nothing historically that supports this level of production for granny. Okay. He's had some good offensive seasons in the past. That's for sure. Um, let's take a look. Like, he had a 69-point season, very nice, in 2016. Like, that, that's, his, that's his career high. He followed that up with a 67-point season. And his last big season was the 2021 season in Nashville where everybody popped off. He had 64 points himself. And right now he's on a 71-point pace. That's wild stuff on this team. It, it's, it's just, <laughs> I don't even know what to say about it. But, I mean, that was then and this is now, right? Like, he's a 31-year-old playing top line, top power play minutes on the worst team in the league, basically. So, like, if we look at, uh, like I mentioned, his IPP and his shooting percentage, his on-ice shooting percentage over the last five, like, plus the deployment, right? There's definitely value for this man right now. And this guy was a waiver wire pickup. So, that said, I'd be looking to get off Granlin if possible for a consistent roster player. And I could see us talking about Granlin in two weeks and him going ice cold over that time with no points, right? That, that's the type of player that we're dealing with here, in my opinion. I'm not excited about Granlin. You know, he's landed in a nice spot for fantasy, but the wheels can fall off at any point. I'm definitely stoked for him and the output, though. And San Jose has been a nice story with all their comeback wins and attempts, you know, at winning. But they're still the worst team in the league by far. And I bet Granlin finishes the season somewhere around 50 points, and he should really be valued as such. My two cents on Mikhail Granlin, but damn, I mean, this guy's flying right now. You got to love it, right? This guy's come out of nowhere, so... You know, sell high. That's where I'm at with that. Next, we got to talk about the Italian stallion, Michael Carcone. All right. You know, stallion, it's too bad. We got to get over it, huh? All right. Don't ever go against the family. That's not a good Godfather impression. Um, I love some of these guys on the Coyotes, Carcone included, right? You, you all know I love Jack McBain. Um, but yeah, Carcone's right in there. Lawson Kraus, uh, Matthias Michelli. Man, these guys got some some real players. And again, uh, great source of fantasy uh, gems, right? So I love that we're talking about Carcone, but let's look at why. What has this man been able to do? In the last five games, three goals. His ice time just over 11 minutes, okay? Uh, shots and goal per 60, 173rd in the league. 159th in individual Corsi, 4 per 60, and 246th in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60. But Michael Carcone, he's on a 43-goal pace for the season. 43 goals and 52 points. What are we, what are we witnessing here? I, I don't understand what's happening with Michael Carcone, but, you know, uh, whatever he's having, can I have some? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, is this something Carcone can keep up rest of season? Absolutely. Unequiv- unequivocally, without a doubt, no. All right. Sorry, Carcone fans. This has been a nice story, and he's taken full advantage of his playing time and opportunity, but let's look at some of these numbers. This guy is shooting 35% on the season. Damn. Um, who does he think he is? Andre Kuzmenko uh, from last year? No, I don't think so. He's shooting 42.9% over the last five games. Sheesh. Uh, including... A 23.5 on-ice shooting percentage, no. That has zero chance of sticking. You know, (laughs) he's averaging 11 minutes a night. That's not even close enough to the amount of time he would need. He's getting zero power play time. He's just been extremely lucky, and um, it's been a nice story for the team this season. 
he could get 20 goals. Yeah, he doesn't need that much more to do that. Six more. That would be absolutely reasonable, but I wouldn't expect many assists to go with that. And I'm not sure if you can use Carconi in a trade at this point, but just know that this will fall off and it's going to fall way off. This is not the type of player that Carconi is. If, for some reason, the Coyotes start giving Carconi the Alex Kerfoot treatment and giving him 20 minutes a night and some power play time, then we can talk. But for now, thank you, Michael, for your service. Keep being awesome. Michael Carconi is my spirit animal. Book it! Nothing is over. Just give me something to drink. Um, yeah, that's, I don't, I'm just being an idiot now. All right, let's move on to the next player. Um, someone a, a bit more value here, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Let's talk about Nuge. Um, you know, I want to be really clear here. Not that Nuge isn't a valuable player or that we need to get off him in any way, right? I'm not saying that about Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Clearly, he's uh, a very valuable player. This is a guy that got 100 points last season, right? So, um, but we know that Nuge has some name value, right? And last season was an absolute red line. It, it was basically as close to a perfect season as you can get for Nuge. And, you know, we talked at length about his shooting percentage uh, and his on-ice shooting percentage from last season. So we're not going to rehash that. Things have definitely normalized this season as, as they should, right? Um, but Nuge is still performing well. Let's take a look at what he's been able to do. In the last five games, Nuge has seven points, one goal and six assists. Uh, shots of goal per 60, 237th in the league. Individual Corsi for 152nd in the league and individual scoring chances for 53rd, right? Um, which makes sense, right? They're playing on Edmonton, so he's going to get a lot more uh, scoring chances there. On ice numbers are decent as well. Corsi for 60, 47th and uh, scoring chances for per 60, 14th, right? This all makes total sense uh, and is kind of sustainable when you are playing for, for Edmonton. On the season, Nuge is pacing for 79 points, which is very nice. Uh, six goals, 19 assists. Um, honestly, the, the metrics are a little bit worse, right? So he hasn't been able to, to maintain what he was last season. His IPP is way down on the season, 48%. Shooting percentage is at 11.5 on the season. On a shooting percentage, yeah, still, still pretty high, 15.4% on the season. So yeah, um, that makes sense again, like I said, in Edmonton, but uh, there is a chance of regression there. It's just, he's got a lot going for him. He's a clear staple in the top six on that top power play as well for the Oilers, and that keeps his floor way high, right? But I think we understand that he's not going to reach the heights of last season, but people still might think that he will though. And now that he has, uh, you know, some points in his last five games with very mid to, you know, sub mid metrics, like at five, five on five shots and IPP have fallen off the season, but weirdly his on a shooting percentage has gone up to over 12%. So maybe that can stick, but I think that's going to fall too. So we can see even more regression at even strength for Nuge. His highest ever uh, for reference was 10.84%. And now, uh, you know, at five on five, his on-ice shooting percentage is over 12. So um, I think that can come down. But for me, Nuge, I think you can fetch a pretty penny for this player. So aim high, right? Players like Philip Forsberg. Is, is that something that someone would entertain, right? Maybe you could package up Ryan Nugent Hopkins with someone else and go get yourself some J-Rob or Matty Kachuk, right? These would be layups for you. Like, just, just money in the bank. Easy money. So see what you can do. Again, I'm not saying you need to get off Ryan Nugent Hopkins, but it's just one of those players that I am not excited about. He's Obviously, his value is tied to the power play. He had an insane power play performance last year. 53 points. Damn. That's not going to happen again this year. We're looking at maybe 30 power play points, which is still great. But... 
Um, you might be able to go out there and get yourself a guy that is getting many more shots, many more scoring chances, uh, and just as much opportunity as Nuge is. So there you go. See what you can do. And I've got a spicy take here. Uh, we're going to talk about Mark Stone. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah. Um, as my last sell high. Um, at the beginning of the year, I honestly didn't think Stone would have played this many games up to this point. Um, there are lots of reports that he was going to be in and out of the lineup for the remainder of his career. And to me, that was a huge red flag. It should be for everybody. That was enough for me to say, I want to, I don't want any piece of this, you know, fast forward to now and the guy hasn't missed a game. So congratulations to you, Mark Stone. That's, that's amazing work. What else has Mark Stone been able to do? Well, uh, on the day where I'm talking about Mark Stone as a sell high, he gets four points, including the game winner in overtime against Calgary. So what the hell? Um, I think this just adds to the sell high to me. Um, you know, he's gone off in the last four games, eight points. That's very nice. And obviously four of those came tonight um, where he had, uh, you know, two goals and two assists. He played over 20 minutes. That's excellent. And he's currently on a 79-point pace. So, I mean, if you drafted Mark Stone, you probably got him at a little bit of value. And now he's on a 79-point pace. That's great. That's a nice little season he's having. That said, this is one of the few players who I would say is injury-prone, right? Uh, and I don't put, put that term out there lightly because I hate the the narrative on that. Nate has talked about it a lot. I am in total agreement, and I, I talk about it too. Like, you can't just call a player injury-prone because he gets a different injury, you know, all the time. Like, there's there's luck involved there, right? I, I don't I don't look at injuries as a way to value players, right? I don't I don't try and throw that in there unless it's something like a Mark Stone situation where it's an injury to the same area, right? Which uh, which Mark Stone has had, right? And there's been reports saying that he's going to miss, miss games for the rest of his career. So that's enough for me, right? But if you've made it this far with Mark Stone, it might be time to go out on top, right? And trade him away for someone who doesn't have his extensive injury history. So let's look at what Mark Stone has been able to do this season. My God. In the last five games, he's got eight points, uh, three goals and five assists. But look at these metrics. Like, this is what we're talking about here. 320th. In shots and goal per 60, that's terrible. 285th in individual Corsi, 4 per 60. 157th in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60. And it's just as bad on the season as well. So um, this is a player that lives off efficiency. And yeah, that's great. And Mark Stone is a gamer, no question. Like this guy just won the Stanley Cup and he looked great out there. I'm not talking Yang on Mark Stone. I just think like we're, we're trying to predict player performance and... It, it's hard to feel confident predicting what Mark Stone can do when he lives with such efficiency, right? Um, he's definitely got some positive signs. So shots on goal per 60 at 5-on-5 five five and individual scoring chances for per 60 are both way down from last season. And his on-ice shooting percentage is also much lower than last season. So that suggests that he could regress positively there. So that's something I don't normally say when I'm talking about sell highs. Um, and look, his ice time is solid as well, but... As usual with these sell highs, like I said, he doesn't shoot. He doesn't generate a lot of chances. And he's crazy efficient. Um, this is a career 15.5% shooter. That's nice, but what happens when it goes away? You've heard this before. I think at some point, you know, he might get shut down for maintenance, right? And I'm just not into that for a player who, that is producing at this level. So what can we get in a trade for Mark Stone? Good question you ask. What about a player like Cole Caulfield? Is that, I mean, you know, you're getting what appears to be a lesser player, but I think someone that has a higher ceiling than Mark Stone, 
What about Sebastian Ajo, who popped off himself tonight, so you might not be able to do that now, but um, Sebastian Ajo or Kevin Fiala, Rupe Hintz again. Like, I would take every single one of those players over Mark Stone in pretty much any format. So something to think about there. There's no urgency to get off of Mark Stone. Obviously, this guy just went for four points, and he looked great, and he played 20 minutes, and, you know, looks like he looks great out there, right? Um, what he is doing is not exactly unsustainable, except for his shooting percentage and his on-ice shooting percentage over the past five. But on the season, he is where he needs to be. See what you can do, right? I just It's not a player I'm comfortable with, and I feel like I would want to get off this player as soon as I can. And now after a four-point game, the time is now. Bye, Mark. Okay. Last section here. We got to talk about our new buy lows. And there's lots of them, right? Lots to choose from. Lots of players pissing people off. And let's start with uh, Eric Carlson of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Nate and I had a great discussion on our last pod together about um, Carlson and what's been going on there in Pittsburgh. And I think expectations have really been a killer for uh, Carlson this season. And that's not his fault, right? Like, how do you top a 100-point season that seemingly came out of nowhere? Like, uh, Carlson is still on a 60-point pace. And that's that's pretty good, right? That's okay at this time, right? But, like, new players on new teams are always a little tricky, and especially a player like Carlson, right? This guy has his own gravity. He has his own kind of play style that suits him. And it suited him, uh, at least for offensive production in San Jose. Basically, he was asked to do it all, right? And they didn't exactly care if he played any defense. Whereas now on Pittsburgh, he's part of a team with aspirations, right? Stanley Cup uh, experience and aspirations. This is a good reminder to me that just because a player crushes it on one team, and then goes to another team, doesn't mean he's going to continue that, right? In fact, it's more likely that he's going to struggle for a bit. So we got Eric Carlson pacing for a 60-point season, which is fine. Obviously, that's not what we hoped for when we drafted him. But there's good news, everybody. All of his metrics of 5-on-5 are similar to what he did last season in his banner year, right? Like pretty much everything, right? He's right in line with everything else. So on that note, let's look at what he's done in the last five games here. So... In the last five games, just the one assist for Eric Carlson. He's still he's getting just under 24 minutes average time on ice, which is great. And amongst all defensemen, 38th overall in shots of goal per 60, 27th overall in individual course he four per 60, and then 10th overall in individual scoring chances for. So that's great. These are these are good numbers. This is what we want to see. You know, the one assist in five games. No, that's not what we want to see, but you know, he's doing all the right things. And then his on-ice numbers, they're even better. Corsi four per 60 for Eric Carlson is second overall in the league in defenseman. And then he's first overall in scoring chances for per 60. He's doing all the right things, right? Um, everything except his luck metrics, his IPP and his shooting percentage are, are pretty much on point with what he did last season. I had Carlson projected for 77 points, and I think that is still reachable. Um, but look, Pittsburgh's power play has been god-awful, right? If you like dig in on that, that's that's nuts in itself. Um, they've been sixth overall in Corsi 4 per 60, so that's good. Sixth worst in goals four per 60. That's bad, all right? Seventh best in scoring chances four per 60. That's good. And fourth worst in shooting percentage. You get the you get the gist. I mean, what? They're just insanely unlucky. They're not converting. Um, well, they've, they've made some moves there as well. They they put Latang back down to the second unit. Um, we got Carlson quarterback in the first unit. And they've added that, you know, legendary household name, Valtteri Pustinen. 
Uh, he's up with the big boys. And what do you know? They popped for two goals tonight uh, in five attempts. So hopefully this is a sign of things to come for the Pittsburgh power play and Eric Carlson in particular. But to me, there's no way this power play can remain this putrid season long. And Carlson's going to be a major benefactor to that. Right now, the on-ice shooting percentage is laughable on the power play for uh, EK65 at just over 7% when it should be around 14%. So that's huge. That's massive. That's going to go up, and so will uh, Carlson's points. So don't worry about this, man. Put some feelers out there right now. This is a great time, right? They got off the power play schneid, but he still didn't get a point. And the deployment and underlying numbers are great. Buy low on Eric Carlson. Get it done. Let me know if you get it done. I'd love to hear if you guys are able to pick up uh, uh, Carlson. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand, the jerk store. Well, the jerk store called. They're running out of you. My man, um, <laughs> with one point in his last five games, he's pretty dang low right now. And, you know, I put him on my buy low list. And, of course, he goes out and lays an egg in the game against Florida here tonight. But I remain steadfast in my belief that this guy can give you some value this season. Bjorkstrand's currently skating with uh, Ely Tolvanen and Yanni Gord. Why should I change? He's the one who sucks. Um, he gets reasonable power play time. It's honestly, it's hard to say which unit is number one there in Seattle. I mean, head coach Dave Haxtell, he's playing chess. The rest of us are playing checkers. All right, that's fine. Um, Bjorkstrand's got a 48% power play share, so that's probably the best we can get here. That said... This guy's a sniper, right? And he shoots in bunches. It wasn't evident this last game here against Florida, but listen to some of these recent numbers, all right? In the last five games, Bjorkstrand, only the one goal, but he's 43rd overall in the league in shots and goal per 60, 24th in individual course C4. That's awesome. And then 79th in individual scoring chances for per 60. So really good numbers there. His deployment's been creeping up as well, and uh, it's been a minute and a half higher than it was last season. So I just think this is a player with legit 30-goal upside, but he's going to need to start converting, and that's where the problem lies. His shooting percentage is the second lowest of his career, and his on-ice shooting percentage is a career worst at 5-on-5, five five, and that's around 7% when it should be closer to 9% with his numbers uh, historically. All this to say he's underachieving, but he's bringing a lot to the table. He could be a trade target in deeper leagues, like if he's rostered in deeper leagues there, but he's probably on the wire right now. And I think you could do a hell of a lot worse than the jerk store Oliver Bjorkstrand. He's only 39% rostered. So this guy to me could be a streamer with benefits. I just wanted to bring it to your attention. I think this is a guy that can, can bring a lot more to the table. And Nate has brought this point up multiple times. Um, Seattle's really cooking at five on five right now. Um, they're, they're, they're tilting the ice against their opponents with their Corsi four. So they're in the, in the tops in the league. They're kind of making that stuff happen at five on five. So Bjorkstrand's going to be a big part of that. And he's getting decent minutes for a Seattle Kraken player. There you go. Now we got to talk about Alex Ovechkin. Oh, 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 you know what I'm talking about? Oh, <laughs> yeah. This man's a buy low. I hate this. Um, you know, are we concerned about Ovi? You bet your bippy we are, all right? We are officially concerned about Ovechkin. Things have gone about as bad as they can go in terms of individual performance. So let, let's dig into Alex Ovechkin and see what he's been able to do here. Last five games, two assists only, uh, averaging 18 minutes time on ice. Um, 122nd in the league in shots and goal per 60. That is not great. 51st in individual course C4. 207th in individual scoring chances for. Damn. 
Um, I, I hate this. I hate seeing this for Ovechkin. Um, he's on a 53-point pace. He's going to be this year's Huberto. I, I, this just is awful, right? But if we look at what he's been able to do this season, so 16 points in 25 games, the metrics there are, are much better. So on the season, he's 31st overall in shots to goal per 60. He's 16th overall in individual Corsi 4 per 60. And, you know, weirdly, 135th in individual scoring chances for per 60. So that's not great. Uh, not to mention... He's only rocking 62% IPP and his shooting percentage on the season, 5.6%. Damn. Um, you know, what the actual F is going on here? Like, um, shots and goal per game are the lowest they've ever been. His shooting percentage on the season is the lowest it's ever been. His ice time is the lowest mark in seven seasons. None of this makes any sense other than the fact that the man is a machine. He's been doing it for years and he's got a lot of miles on the bot. Uh, maybe it's catching up to him, right? That's all fair. That narrative does track to me. But damn, not to this level, right? I, I just don't believe it. I refuse to believe that Ovechkin is now a 5.6% shooter, especially with the fact that the underlying numbers, while they're down across the board, they're still pretty damn decent, as I mentioned, right? His on-ice shooting percentage at 5-on-5, five five, it's it's shocking. It's just over 5%. Sheesh. Um, that's not realistic to me. That cannot continue season long. He's shooting under 3% on the power play. Under 3%. He's on there for like 90% power play share. He's shooting under 3%. For the love of Pete. No. All right. Throw some offers out there for this man. Get yourself some Ovechkin. You're going to have to manage your expectations. That's for sure. But this to me is a 70-point player with 35, 40 goals. Like, it's going to happen. Um, people are way down on Ovi, and, and rightfully so. But you can throw some lesser offers out there. Like, I traded Ovechkin straight up for Malkin in a bangers league, and I was really happy with that. I also traded him straight up for Alex Debrinkit in a points league, and the jury's out on that one. But, you know, I, I really do feel like th this this cannot continue any longer. And Washington has been treading water and actually performing to some degree, right? They're, they're, the team hasn't fallen off the map, right? They, they've got some amazing play from Charlie Lindgren there, um, kind of pulling them out of the fire. So... To me, Ovechkin, like I said, he's still on for the entirety of every power play. The goals are going to come. So put some respect on this man's name and go get yourself some Alex Ovechkin. All right. He's a Hall of Famer, best goal scorer in history. Okay. Last but not least, we got to talk about Tyler Toffoli of the New Jersey Devils. They've hired Jeff Galuli. <laughs> Galuli. Toff, to me, hasn't been majorly down this season, but... He's currently on a cold streak, and I think there is an opportunity. There's a window, a buy-low window for some value here, right? Um, we got to dig in here a little bit onto Foley, but his deployment is amazing, right? He's skating with Jack Hughes and Timo Meyer currently. He's riding shotgun on the top power play unit as well. These are amazing places to be, right? But it just has not translated uh, over the last five games. So let's take a look at what Toffoli's been able to do here in the last five. How about zero points in five games? Just under 19 minutes time on ice. Um, shots of goal per 60, 104th, 99th overall in individual Corsi, 4 per 60, and 138th in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60. Not great numbers, um, you know, and the on-ice shooting percentage is 6.4%. That's laughable, right? That, that makes no sense, especially on this Devils team. Um, when you compare it to the season, he's, he's on a 66-point pace. Um, you know, he's got a nice goal, goal total so far, 12 goals. That's a 38 goal pace, 
Um, and the metrics look a lot better here. So on the season, shots of goal per 60, 32nd in the league, 39th overall in individual Corsi, 4 per 60, and 22nd overall in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60. And then you look at his on-ice numbers, 6th overall in Corsi, 4 per 60, and 5th overall in scoring chances, 4 per 60. That is excellent. And, you know, the, the, the luck metrics over here are a lot better as well. He's shooting 14% on the season. That's actually kind of high for him. That's great. Um, you know, 48% IPP, that's a little bit low for him. And then the on-ice shooting percentage is 12.8, which is, is fairly high as well. So um, you can see that this last little stretch doesn't match up to what he's been doing this season. And that's why I wanted to bring this player to your attention is because what he's been doing over the last five games isn't what he's been doing for the other 21 games. I think this there's a little bit of a window here where you might be able to buy low on Tyler Toffoli because I, I fully believe that he will get back to, to the player that he was previously. I think he can get got uh, he can be got for a reasonable price at the moment. Um, like I said, the metrics are all comparable to last season where he went off for 73 points. Um, on a shooting percentage this season is surprisingly low at five on five for a player with these line mates, right? Um, so there's a bit of room for growth there at five on five. And like I said, I think this, this five game stretch is just a little blip in the season. I can see a 70 to 80 point pace for Toffoli rest of the season. And I'm not sure he's being valued like that currently. See what you can do. All right. You might be able to pry this man away from his owners and see what's what, but that's it, everybody. That is our buy lows and sell highs. I hope you're enjoying this segment. I really like providing this to you. Um, and it really kind of gets me in the game too. And just start, starting to recognize players, um, you know, that we might be able to, to extract some value on. I've been, I've made more trades this year than I have uh, in the last couple of years. So I've been really on my trading game. It's something I really think is important. And um, like I've said in the past, you don't have to make these huge blockbuster trades, right? In fact, there's no reason to do that, right? Unless it's just a clear fleecing. But when you when you do these three for three or four for four type trades, you're basically just you know re resetting and refreshing your whole team. Any strategy you had at draft season, like it's out the window. You're 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 gonna have to manage it on the fly. So to me, I like one for one trades or two for one trades where you just get incrementally better. You don't have to swing for the fences, right? You don't need a home run here. Maybe get a single. Maybe get a double. That's that's it. That That's what wins you games, right? That's what's going to help you win your league. So uh, see if you can go out there and pick up any of these players or, you know, sell high on some of the players that we mentioned. But uh, that's it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, do me a favor. If you if you can, if you really want to support Apples and Genos, go give us a, a rating over on Spotify or Apples or wherever you get your podcasts. I really appreciate that. And then, you know, uh, follow us on Twitter, right? We uh we are doing stuff on there. Nate and I uh and Josh, we're we're getting to biz. We'll we'll answer any of your questions. So so hit us up on Twitter. You can DM me up. I've got so so many people slid into my DMs and I'm loving it. All right. Anywho, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Talk to you next time. Celebrate your day. Bye for now. A rational explanation is hardly necessary. <laughs>